Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hi. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. It is true, I am here. And running the boards is Joey D. Aye, aye, Captain. On today's show, we will get comic book reviews from one BJ Shea. What? So get those ready. Oh, okay. We will find out some of the best Joker gag weapons that were used in the comic books. There's going to be a new DeLorean out there? What? Great, Scott. And then, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Yeah. It's going to have our podcast, blogs, and more. more. But if you want to find us, just search BJ Shay's Geek Nation or BJ Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes. Easy as that. Yes, exactly. And if you guys are listening to this when it drops right on Wednesday, the 26th of February, well, you've got to wait till tomorrow, but Altered Carbon Season 2 is releasing on Netflix. Bated breath for Joey D's. He wants it to be good, but he's afraid. Come on, Season 2. Yeah, one of uh, our listeners, Caesar, has been sending me messages. He's like, dude, it's coming out. Get ready for it. He was one who wasn't too sure about it, heard us talk about it, and then uh, binged the whole thing on a weekend. Oh, and he's got a, you know, I think he's got a brand new TV, and so he's got the, yeah. he's, he's watching it in the 4K ultra mm-hmm. high definition. Oh my god, my eyes will explode version. <laughs> this is like the first show that I watched in 4K on my new TV. So I'm like, I ha- it's a special place in my heart. I hope the CGI is just as good for this new season. It should be. Heck yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Takashi Kovacs is back for another season, but he is in a new and improved sleeve. This time, instead of Joel Kinnaman playing the role in the uh, in the show, it's going to be Anthony Mackie. The which, Falcon. The Falcon, who will be less Falcony, but he's got the new, uh, I love it, the new sleeve. Leave because that's what they call basically the shells. If you think about Ghost in the Shell type, yeah, uh, it's the 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 yeah the sleeve, the new body, yeah, the new I'm, body. Thank I'm you. I'm just picturing like Doctor Manhattan and that whole conversation you had in the Watchmen series with oh, Ozzy yeah. is like you know this is appropriation here. Like, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> I'm very excited for this. So we will be giving reviews. I don't know if I'm going to binge it uh, this weekend coming up, but I'm not saying that I won't. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think I'll be able to binge it because I'll be busy. But at the same time, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to get it. You know, as Mm -hmm. you know, as you know, as of the airing of this, I'm probably conning my butt off playing board games. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're in the middle of Dice Tower West. Yeah, so I won't be watching Vegas, eating buffet. He'll be too busy board gaming to look at his phone, so we'll get spoiled. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a good call as well. But if you guys do end up binging it, Caesar and others, send us an email. Let uh, Let us know how you feel about it. Give us those first impressions. Without those spoilers, let us uh, experience it on our own. But let us know what you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, BJ. Yes, sir. Since you're here and it is comic book day. What? You didn't uh, tell me that. You haven't been here for a while. No, I haven't. And so maybe these aren't all up to date, but I want to hear about what you've been reading. Well, I've got a couple that are up to date. Of course, they just dropped, and that's uh, recently dropped anyway. Uh, Fantastic Four concludes the point of origin. 
and uh, this is Dan Slotman is. Putting, Dan Slotman. Dan Slot is putting <laughs> the Marvel Universe on its head. I mean, you talk really? about the origin of the Marvel Universe starts with the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And we found out that indeed the Fantastic Four were, it wasn't an accident, it was intentional. They always, uh-huh. yeah, it was, Reed's ship always had the ability to block out normal cosmic rays, but this planet, uh, where they called it the planet that they were going to go to, this planet attacked Reed Richards' ship with more radiation because of the fact that this all-knowing seer of the planet I remember you talking about that. foretold yeah. that they would attack them, but in reality, and actually called them the foretold, and in reality, <laughs> he attacked them, and he created the problem that they were going to have. Had he just let the Fantastic Four go, it would have been fine, but oh. they wouldn't have never been the Fantastic Four. They just would have landed. They wouldn't have been bombarded by cosmic radiation. It would have been less fantastic than just four. So they just hmm. found out he created the whole situation, and it's all coming to a conclusion with issue 19 of the Fantastic Four, which, uh, oh boy. And uh, finally, he gets the answer. Reed gets the answer to the only problem that he could never solve and there's only one thing in the universe that Reed wants because Reed, um, the entire time, mm-hmm. Reed has felt responsible for Ben because Ben never was able to turn back. That's right. Once a year, Ben can turn back now, but that's it. He's the thing his whole life and his entire life has been, you know, ruined in its own, but also yeah, it turned not on ruined. its head. Yeah. But, and Reed has felt horrible about it and it was never his fault in the first place. It was this. It's got to be a relief. Yeah, but he's pissed. Oh, and oh so, yeah. So we're going to see just what comes of all of this in see, issue 19. He's going to become the maker and everything will be just fine. Yeah. And it won't just be the Ultimates universe. Yeah, we're going to see just how much <laughs> of the maker is inside of a, a good read, if you will. So that's what's going on there. And um, J. Jonah Jameson has entered the new world, ladies and gentlemen. He's no longer a newspaper mogul. He's no longer mayor. J. Jonah Jameson is now a very successful podcaster. See, and that kind of makes sense if you look at the MCU sort of thing where he's basically an Alex Jones type character <laughs> uh, who uh, essentially outs Spider-Man in the movies. And we have to see what's going to be happening with that. But now uh, in the comics, he's, uh, he's he's going the route of a Mark Maron or a Joe Rogan and becoming a podcaster. And here's the problem. J.J. has realized he was mistaken about uh, Spider-Man. He knows Spider-Man's identity now. Mm-hmm. And he's realized, my God, I've been a mess. I've ruined this kid's life. And so J. Jonah Jameson, for a, a bunch of issues, has been on Spidey's side, uh, begrudgingly to Spider-Man. He thinks they're a t- J- Jonah now thinks they're a team. And he's like, <laughs> we're not not a team, Jonah. Get out of my way. And <laughs> the trouble is, is you can't make money. Nobody cares to hear about good stuff and to talk about a commentary of society. Oh, yeah. He's offered by these podcasters a ton of money to do the podcast, but it's like, Jonah, you have to say Spider-Man's a, 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 a jerk again. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, pardon me. Uh, you have to basically say that he's a bad guy again. And yeah. Jonah's like, I will not do that. He's actually a good guy. I was, I was mistaken all I those years. I was wrong. And they're like, but Jonah, that doesn't sell. Uh, so, and, oh, by the way, there is a brand new supervillain, well, very underutilized supervillain known as Chance. I don't even think any of us knew him. Chance? And, uh. It's like a dog's name. Yeah, well, he's, (laughs) there's a brand new super casino that will actually take bets on which superhero will win or lose battles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's what's going on in the world of Peter Parker. Spoiler alert, always bet on long shot. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yay! 
And um, so, and, and and Star Wars wrapped up with issue seventy five. I got to be honest with you, I haven't seventy five. Yeah, well, they finally they're done. So the the, oh. the the time between episodes four and five finally finished off. It was pretty good. I have to say though, the new creative team I wasn't digging as much as the old creative team, and I have yet to go get any new Star Wars books. Supposedly there are now Star Wars books uh, talking about well, episode five between five and six, but. Uh, you know, I I just was like, oh, I miss the old guys. I don't know if I want to do it. All right. Uh, Future Foundation wrapped up. That was a short series, apparently. And uh, yep, they they took care of the maker, so they were able to get by that. Damn it. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. And uh, also, Invisible Woman wrapped up her five issue series, where she was basically a secret agent. Yeah. And if you want to see the Invisible Woman and Black Widow get together, well, that could be a fun little five issue read. Yeah, you said that you've uh, you've liked it, so that's yeah. good, and not just because it's. Invisible Woman. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously she's awesome, but then her and <laughs> Natasha together, I'm like, all right, this I could get used to this. And I'm I have to tell you, I'm having a hard time continuing with Oblivion song. I still get the issues, but oh. I think I might be Kirkman out. Really? Well, I mean, look, Robert Kirkman knows how to write a good story, but I feel like it's a similar story. Instead of involving zombies, it involves these Cthulian Cthul- horrors. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I'm just like, if I, had a, if I had enough, I don't know. Um, and look, I'm over Walking Dead and I'm over, you know. And, yeah, uh, I mean, And plus yeah. Invincible. I mean, so I have, I've just had a lot of Robert Kirkman. I don't know. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, it might be a better story than I'm thinking, but I'm kind of like getting a little fatigued. So I, I mean, I know something's happening. I don't know what. Uh, still <laughs> right. loving uh, Ascender, though. Ascender is still really good. So, nice. Yeah. Some good ones on that one. Uh, keeping up in the uh, vein of Comic Book Day, I found an article from Comic Book Resources that have uh, the Joker's 10 best gag items slash weapons oh, ranked. Yes. Hmm. So these are all from the comic book, so just be ready for that. Um, and the first one, number 10 on this list, is the Joker Fish. Oh, really? Huh. Yes. Now, during their original debut, Joker held various Gotham City officials hostage, also that he could register a trademark on his fish. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, the fish have appeared in Grant Morrison's run and on occasion throughout several Batman-related series. While they don't really do much, there's no denying on just how popular they are and creepy because they're fish that have Joker's face on them. Wow, that, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's awesome. I can't remember if I ever saw those in the cartoons or anything. I must have, but just, man, right over my head. Yeah, they, they're they creepy looking. Uh, the next one on this list, number nine. I don't know if you knew this, but Joker had a car. It was called the Joker car. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I mean, Batman had a Batmobile of his own, so it makes sense that Joker would have his own car. In the 60s series, they sh- I believe they showed the Joker mobile. or I think that's what they called it in the, in the uh, old Batman show. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, this one, it basically, it looks like a bus with his face on the front of it. Yeah. Um, it's certainly themed for the driver, but also a really terrible design. Uh, it looks just like they even went with like a, a like turning into a purple Lamborghini from one of the movies. Ooh. So yeah, uh, obviously it would have its own deadly gadgets of its you know of its own to a c- kind of combat or be along the same lines as what Batman would have. That was another one of those there. Uh, you may not know about this, but did you know that uh, a Joker would have exploding gift boxes? 
That's number eight on this list. Okay. Yeah, even though the boxes don't always explode, they're still one of the more iconic gags because, well, you don't know what's going to be going on along with those lines. And here's another thing, too. They even mention on this, uh, for as often as Joker uses this gag, you would think that the world's greatest detective would eventually figure out the, a way to uh, get around these traps, and yet somehow he still manages to open the box. Well, kind of reminds me a lot of Wiley Coyote when it comes down to that one there. You know, fool me once. <laughs> Number seven, and they actually, and this is interesting because I don't know how often he used it in the comic books, but they did curb it from, uh, for the movie, would be the electric buzzer. Yes. And it was one of the more commonly used ones, but at the same point, like, when you see those joy buzzers, you don't think anything, but it'll just give you a little bit of a surprise. Of course, when Jack Nicholson did it in Batman, well, uh, yeah, it, it kills. What about the pencil trick? The pencil. <laughs> we'll have to get down well, to the farther of this I think I list. know it should be number one. So, okay, well, we're only on. Yeah. That was only number seven. Yeah, I mm. think I know number one. Number six would be the razor cards. Mm. So cards uh, that were sharpened oh. enough so he could throw them. And unlike Gambit, who would ha- let them explode, uh, these ones were just sharp and they would just poke you a lot. That's street level. Yep, yep. Uh, one of, <laughs> just out of all the sight gags, the boxing glove arm, which again, going back to Acme oh my God, and like yes. Wiley Coyote. Uh, but it's been used before. And, uh, you know, packing a powerful punch in a little boxing glove arm is a, a good way to get across on that one. You just triggered a memory in my mind, and it's incredible. I remember, I mean, it, it would extend out because it was yeah, like one yeah. of those push ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it made no sense, but it was the coolest weapon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, another one on this, or the chattering teeth which I've seen a bunch oh, of the times, yeah. and sometimes they would blow up, yep. sometimes they would deliver a shock, and sometimes they just wouldn't do anything because that's what the Joker does. Yeah. Number three on this? Okay. The acid flower. Oh, I thought that was number one. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. No, okay. So, yeah, and that one's just as simple. It would be the the common uh, clown sort of joke where it would be the flower shoots you in the face. Oh, sniff the it's flower. Like Water. or something. Yeah, something very, uh, very tame. But then when you're dealing with the Joker and it's acid, well, it is not tame at all. No. No. Uh, number two is, and I thought this one would be number one, the bang gung. That's what oh, I was thinking. Yeah, so for the one, one that shoots out the little flag yeah. that says bang. It's and always. You. Yeah, and it would be sometimes along the lines of like, oh no, this is a harmless joke. Ha ha ha, bang. And then it would actually still shoot you, like Vicky said. Mm-hmm. And uh, always, you never know what you're going to get with the Joker. So that was one of those that uh, goes a long way. Now, number one. Hmm. This is a tough one. The hammer, the mallet. No, no. Oh. See, that's more of a Harley Quinn sort of thing. Mm. So he didn't want to take away from her. No, this is the one that is always leaving a smile on your face. Oh, it's the gas. Yes, which is oh, always kind of boiled yeah. down to the Joker venom, mm-hmm. which is the thing that was the basis for the uh, the movie, the first movie. With, uh, yeah. Jack Nicholson, right? Yep, yep, Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Isn't that how uh, he turned, like, like uh, even in the Jerome, got Jeremy Velasquez, whatever the Something heck. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like a gift box, Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, it things. was, yeah, that popped him in the face with it, exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's always, the formula is always changing, but it always ends up being the same sort of thing where you... You end up with the white face, with the red lips, and the big, big, big grin. Yep. So there's the top ten on that one. I love that. I love all that random weird stuff. Uh, moving on from that, and this is going to lead to a question to you guys. All right, I'm here. 
Now, in 1985, Ooh. Back to the Future came out, and yes. one of the most iconic things ever was the DeLorean. That's true. That was my, my wedding year, as a matter of fact, 85. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Did you, uh, did you uh, drive away with Just Married in a DeLorean with Should a have. That really would have been the night. 88 no. miles per hour. A Pontiac Astra and no time machine either. I oh. really was I was a horrible groom. Oh. Sorry. Well, a lot of people wanted to remake these, but due to changes in regulations, it made it very difficult to do so, but laws have changed to allow low-volume automakers to sell up to 325 cars each year that resemble production vehicles manufactured at least 25 years ago. Mm. They've got to meet the clean air standards for the model, which the DeLorean would not. (laughs) But now, since they've loosened those, well, I mean, that's great and all, but uh, apparently they can now do this, but the DeLorean will be a little sleeker. This actually kind of reminds me of like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini but it's going to have all the really cool updated stuff like Bluetooth, power steering, cruise control, navigation. Not much more about this is out there. They've Will got, it run on garbage? Uh, only if you've got the uh, Mr. Fusion uh, oh, cool. add-on right. in the back on there. Sweet. And uh, suffice to say, we don't know whether or not 88 miles per hour will get you, uh, well, time traveling. <laughs> but, you know, hey, we don't know. <laughs> but it leads me to ask the question, what geeky vehicle would you want to have? Because personally, I think the DeLorean would be the one that I would want, even if and we've seen them before, like at uh, Lilac City Comic Con one year where there was just a whole line of them all mm. and everyone has the flux capacitor in the back. Like that would be <laughs> the one I would have to have because it's just so cool. And those wing doors, I love them, man. So it's, does it have to be like a vehicle that is, is like ground based vehicle? No, no, oh, no. Good. We can we can go anywhere. I mean, this is just geeky talking. All if right. you you know if you won billions of dollars in some sort of intergalactic lottery or however which way you want to go about I have it, two. So I feel like I don't want to take somebody. So I'm going to let one of the other guys go first, and then I can make the adjustment. All right, uh, Joe. Okay, I have two as well. Okay, but I don't think I'm going to take anyone. So. Okay, first one. Would be the Ghost Rider motorcycle. Ooh, wow, yeah, yeah. right. Good call. That'd be awesome. Both versions, of course. I want the skull flaming one, and then I want the one that's more, you know, incognito. Okay. <laughs> Nicholas Cage not included. Please. <laughs> no, no Nicholas Cage, please. Eva Mendez is, you know, we're fine with that. All right, there. Uh, but the other one's kind of stupid. But the uh, Magic School Bus or whatever from the TV series. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> right, because that thing could shrink and stuff, and oh, you could carry yeah. all your friends. Okay, that'd be pretty cool. That's amazing. <laughs> Pretty cool. All right, I, I got two of them too. Uh, first one being the mystery machine. Woo! Oh yeah, I, cool. I, I, right. I want a van. Like I just I've always wanted like a big old like stoner hippie van and ha- like what cooler van than the mystery machine? Yeah, right. Uh, just hope that it's actually know, pretty cool. Yeah, Scooby not included because I'm allergic to dogs. Oh, okay. Uh, but he can hang out outside. <laughs> just no no fur on the uh, or hair oh. on my seats. Well, I mean, I use a Great Dane. I think they're short hair. I don't think yeah. you have to worry so much. Still. Uh, second one being, very specifically, I would like the Batmobile, but Tim Burton's version. Oh, oh. so the original one. Yeah. And the reason being, because my brother, when we were kids, he had, I think, that Batmobile like toy. Okay. And it was the coolest thing ever. You know, I think I would still like, uh, if we were just going by Batmobiles, I would love the Tumblr. 
I thought that one was oh, super Tom cool. Was cool. The, the yeah. Christian Bale one? Yeah, yeah. I thought that one was super cool looking. I just felt like it was too military looking. There was yeah. no like, because we're, we're so used to before those movies, mm-hmm. like how crazy and weird looking and eccentric the whole Batman like vibe was just with their cars and their costumes and everything. Yeah. So that was just like, oh, that's actually practical. I want something goofy. <laughs> BJ, were yeah. yours uh, taken there? Well, no, but it's, oh, I mean, okay. obviously the 60s Batmobile is also a oh, cool yeah. one. That's a cool one, yeah. Everybody, and you can probably get that, I think. There are plans out there. It's not very comfortable when I, from what I understand. <laughs> well, I, you know, I always wanted the Jupiter 2, but that's a spaceship. Okay. Uh, Jupiter 2 lost in space, correct? Yes, but okay. they had a chariot. So the chariot was where they would go running around on the planet. And even in the oh. new Lost in Space, there is a chariot. Okay. Uh, that, you know, so they... So you get to just be, uh, go on any alien terrain, and it kind of looks like a Mars rover van. On it's like a, a crossing a minivan and a Mars rover, um, the mom rover. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was because cool I had everything spacey on it. It just looked like a few. I mean, it really yeah. was a silly futuristically, but it had treads like a tank. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, the old uh, the old arcade game Moon Patrol. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It had, so it had a vibe like that. So those are the those are the kind of vehicles that uh, you know. So, so I would. Say the chariot from Lost in Space. That would be nice. that would be my ground based vehicle. And then, of course, I would like the Jupiter too. Thank you. And so, the last one you would say, I'm gonna have to guess here would be the TARDIS, right? Yeah, the TARDIS. You know, people, if you know Doctor Who, the TARDIS never takes you where you want to go. It takes you where you need to be. That's yeah, the because right? the Doctor never knows how to fly that thing. And um, <laughs> and it, and and this current version, she also is like, "Well, I got you. You're almost on time." And people are always late. She goes, "I can get you right back when you need to be." And then she gets back, and it's like five hours late than when she was supposed to be somewhere. <laughs> Whoops! And so everybody's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm late." Not realizing, well, they've been traveling around for months, so it's actually pretty amazing that they're really even <laughs> back in time. Um, but the TARDIS would be cool because you can go anywhere in time and space. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, it's it's supposed to have a chameleon circuit. It's not supposed to look like a blue box. It's supposed to look like anything you want it That's to. That's right. So it will blend into the environment. But the doctor, for some reason, has just been too lazy to fix the chameleon circuit. <laughs> so it's been stuck as a blue box. For well, a- after how many years of this doing it, I think at this point, if they changed it at all, I think people would be up in arms. Well, the idea is interesting. The doctor doesn't want to hide. So that's been the lore of the show is like, it probably no, is it's right. the chameleon circuit probably is fixed or could have been fixed. <laughs> it's just the doctors never wanted to. Uh, you know, it's like, and so it's funny. It is funny how this blue box just materializes everywhere and anywhere, and nobody really pays much attention to it. That's fantastic. Uh, if you guys have a vehicle that you would love to have, uh, you know, given all your geeky billions of dollars, send us an email yes. bjgeeknation at gmail.com or find us on all social media and let us know. But now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? Uh, so I'm actually, before I get into, I have a fun little uh, trivia situation oh. about Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Well, the trilogy, the first trilogy. Ooh, interesting, right. okay. Uh, before I get into that, we are talking in the same world. Apparently, John Krasinski is still wanting to play Mr. Fantastic for Marvel. I want him to as well. Like, there's been those uh, those pictures that people put out of him, yeah. like where they photoshopped him looking like it with uh, Emily Blunt, which is actually his wife in real life, mm-hmm. uh, as Sue Storm. Oh, that would be interesting. Uh, and so he's actually come out and said, "Yeah, it's like uh, someone. It's like you're you're like, do you have any interest in not shattering people's dreams? Uh, I would love to be the Marvel Universe. I love those movies because they're fun, but I also think they're really well done. And certainly, a lot of my friends are in those movies. I have no idea what Marvel is thinking." 
like currently like their plans and for development and stuff. It's like, but if they are considering me for Mr. Fantastic, continue to consider me because I would love it. Yeah, well, he's played cool. some serious roles, you know, mm-hmm. with a quiet house or a quiet room or a quiet place. The quiet, the quiet place. And of course, Jack Ryan uh, that he's doing for Amazon Prime. Uh, so he's doing the Tom Clancy thing. Uh, he's shown that he's got chops and yet he's got that friendly, likable face um, I boy, I, I could see that. I think I would enjoy him as Mr. Fantastic, and he's got a very strong chin. And Emily Blunt is just a good actor. I mean, you could you could have <laughs> right. her. But she could be Ben Grimm. I don't care. Wow, yeah. well, let, let, let that be might be thing. a little bit of a stretch there, but yeah, it's Crawberry time, I say. But if they uh, <laughs> they do uh, they Jeez. do do that, <laughs> yes. Uh, but I actually also read a rumor that they're thinking of doing a Silver Surfer. Uh, Movie. I have heard about this, and and do you have who they say they think will play the Silver Surfer? Uh, it was uh, 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 my brain. I know it. I know it. Now Joey knows. I know. Uh, I know. Let Joey. He's got to get it. Do it. Rami Malek. That's yeah. right. Really, Mister Robot will be Mister Surfer. He's I don't know a, how I feel about that. But he's a very Mr. enigmatic, Harold? despondent. Hmm. I mean, it's because the story of the Surfer is his whole planet's destroyed because I think Galactus ate it, and he was the only one he spared. Was was basically Norrin Rad, who became his Herald. So Rami Malek seems like a guy who comes from a planet that was just destroyed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, you're not wrong. Yeah. All right, yeah, just yeah, a little yeah. emaciated. That's yeah. for sure. Um, I, I I think for I me, I think that could be cool. What like I really liked the way he looked in that crappy Fantastic Four movie. However, I felt like it like in Grant's and I'm basing this off my memory of it from when I was a teenager. He felt really robotic, almost like a. If I've been rewatching the Orville lately. Um, Oh, Just like Isaac's performance, yeah. like I felt like he was too robotic. So I don't really know how the Silver Surfer should act or speak, or that even actually, like a Mr. Manhattan uh, or I, Dr. Manhattan. And if me. I'm not mistaken, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Doug Jones, I think, was yep. the motion capture for yep. that. Of course, who Good plays call. Saru on uh, Star Trek Discovery? He does everything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Doug, yeah. yeah, you never see Doug's face in any dang thing that he does. No, was always... wasn't he the fish in Grinding Nemo? I mean, uh, the Shape of Water. Nemo. He was Grinding in the Shape Nemo. of Water. He was also Abe Sapien in yeah. Hellboy. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's got a little fish. Finish, you never. Right? I I actually did get to see an interview with him where it was just him, like they were interviewing the <laughs> cast of Discovery, and it's like, oh, that must be that's Doug. Because yeah. <laughs> like, who's that guy? I don't know him. From what I heard in the convention circuit here in Washington, a lot of my friends have gotten to meet him. He is the sweetest guy. Yep, Doug will give hugs. Well, be careful now because now that he's lived beyond his puberty, he will attack you. He's not just a predatory race. Well, his race used to be like food race, and then they lived beyond puberty and became the predators. They were actually the predators of the planet. Interesting. That's a little Mm -hmm. joke that only Joey and I get, and he barely got it. I got it. I just didn't laugh. Let me me give you some more information about something you love, BJ. I can't believe my son betrays me. (laughs) Yes. Spider-Man. It is comic book day. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So I have a, a from Ranker, again, because I love Ranker. Yeah, you 20 do. fun facts about the Spider-Man trilogy. I'm not going to give you all of them, but some of these I thought were really interesting. Mm-hmm. For example, they had to audition spiders for the first film. What? They literally held spider auditions. Director Sam Raimi wanted the perfect spider for the moment where Peter Parker receives the initial bite. But the spider that most resembled uh, Raimi's vision was a Black Widow. And it would obviously be too dangerous to use a real Black Widow. So oh, non-tom- So they're looking at different ones. I'm like thinking like specific like spiders. So it's like, all right, spider, here is here's your motivation. <laughs> yeah, here's your motivation. And action. <laughs> okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Um, so there was only one problem was the color, the solution, makeup. Here's the thing. I did not realize it was a real spider no, until just now. 
I thought I it was CGI. Either. I really thought it was CGI too. Well, he's because it looked good. Right. Okay. Okay. Nope. I would not have said yes to that. Then Damn. I'm like, no, give me a fake one. <laughs> yeah. Do not want, or you know, a hand double. Even the fake ones you wouldn't even like because I've thrown fake ones at you and you still scream. But if they're giving me money, you know, to be in a Spider-Man movie, okay, you know, cool. I'm like, I'll take it. All right. So Vicky says she'll be covered in spiders if she could be in a movie. I wow. Think I heard that. Uh, so did you notice that uh, in the movies he had a landlord? He was really grumpy all the time, and then eventually, you know, he had the cute daughter, Ursula. Oh, yes. yeah. Who went on to play, uh, oh my gosh, the, the the girlfriend of the bookstore guy at Big Bang Theory, and I can't remember the, his name. Oh, that was her. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, um, Stuart. Stuart, yes. yes. Stuart. Yeah, Stuart's girlfriend Stuart. was, uh, Stuart. The, was the landlord's daughter, yes. Stuart. Stuart. Sorry, letter Stuart. penny reference. Uh, so <laughs> his name was actually no accident. He was uh, Mr. Ditkovich. Yep. Which is a reference to Spider-Man co-creator Steve Ditko. Oh, Ditkovich. Ah. I didn't even pick up on that. I didn't either. Oh, that's cool. And uh, in the second movie, we did have Dr. Octopus played by Alfred Molina. And he apparently grew very attached to his tentacles. Excuse me? He actually gave names to all four of his uh, mechanical tentacles. Larry, Harry, Flo, and Moe. Oh, nice. So flow was the top right tentacle because it was operated by a female grip, and that particular tentacle was actually the most motherly. It removed his sunglasses and gave him sips of drinks. So, you know, it had its oh, own personality, wow. which I, I never really realized it. I thought that was all CGI, too. They actually had real tentacles Practical that were yeah. I'm, I'm assuming for, like, the parts where he's walking yeah. on and the tentacles, that's probably a CGI. Yeah, that would make sense. And, I mean, like, Sam Raimi does love his practical effects. Oh, yeah. So they I always could, do look better. Yeah. Uh, and you know that scene in the first movie where Peter Parker catches everything on the tray? Yeah. Oh, right, yes. That apparently was real. That was not any effects or anything. They had to do multiple tr- takes until he got it right. Wow. That Damn. was He performed the stunt scene as on scene. That that, is, that's pretty that's amazing. That's really cool. I think I read somewhere it was like over 100-something takes. Oh, <laughs> my God. Okay. After like... Four or five, I'd be like, guys, can we just like invent something to do this? Can we put magnets on the bottom of these right? or something? Anything? Magic. Something. Do it backwards. I don't know. So did you know that we were supposed to have our first Marvel crossover back in 2002? What? Hugh Jackman actually revealed that he was supposed to have a brief cameo as Wolverine in the first Spider-Man. He actually went all the way to New York for the scene to film it. And it was scrapped when they couldn't actually gain access to his Wolverine costume. (laughs) (laughs) But he would have been in it had he had the costume. How crazy would that have been? That's so bizarre because that was Sony and Fox. And they were going to do it. I guess. Wow. Uh, But apparently, also speaking of uh, costumes, four Spider-Man costumes were stolen from the set. So during the production of the first film. Still missing today. Yeah. (laughs) The costumes created cost up to $100,000 each. Oh, I wonder if some they're going to, if they're going to appear in the black market somewhere if they haven't already. Probably already have. Somebody, (laughs) some collector somewhere, maybe by the name of Craven, has the Spider-Man costume. I'm just Uh, imagining some nerd has it in his closet and he secretly wants to be Spider-Man. So he's going to like wait for his friend to come in and be like, oh my God, you're (laughs) Spider-Man. And you are correct. I knew it. Or he's just constantly working out. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to fit into this eventually. I'm going to do it. Spoiler alert. It's me. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> so four were stolen from the set in early uh, 2001, and Columbia Pictures actually posted a $25,000 reward for the return. They were not returned. No, no. no. For 25 Gs, no way, because I bet a collector is going to spend a lot more money on that one. Uh, so one other, apparently Spider-Man 4, if Sam Raimi would have done the fourth one, mm-hmm. it would have been chock full of villains. So based on, you know, the last script completed before Sony is just like, no, we're not doing this. It would have featured Anne Hathaway as the Black Cat, which was years before she was even Catwoman. Interesting. 
John Malkovich as the vulture. Malkovich. Yeah. Malkovich. That'd be fine. Uh, Dylan Baker, uh, who's Professor Connors, may have finally transformed into the lizard after uh, the three movies. Yeah. But then there was rumors that Carnage was showing up as well. And by the way, we've also had, uh, if you guys have been checking out the Facebooks, I posted that we have our first uh, glance as Woody Harrelson in the new Venom at being Carnage. He doesn't look really? like Carnage, but it's his oh. character oh. in the movie. I still haven't watched Venom yet. Neither have I. Same. Same. I feel like a bad nerd. I gotta go find it, figure out where it's on. I think <laughs> Stars, something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Uh, but one a, more. One more fact. Uh, Spider-Man 2 actually includes a Doctor Strange Easter egg. What? So in the second film, the main villain is nearly given a name that ends up being dropped once again. In the first film, they referred to Green Goblin as Green Meanie. This time, Science Squid and Doctor Strange are two suggested names. When the latter is suggested, J. Jonah Jameson admits that he likes it, but states it's already been taken. Oh, that's that's great. Right, I didn't even right, notice. Right, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> in 2004, that was. Yeah, right? Isn't that crazy? That is. Well... Hope you guys like that. Uh, let us know. Please send me lists like this. I love yeah, those this are kind great. Of stuff. Uh, and until next time, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.